0: By the book, to get you in the spirit, this is by the book. So hey neighborhood, if you're feeling low, DC will save you with this podcast show. This is by the book. By the book. Shooby doo wap, wada. Yeah. Welcome back to by the book. My name is DC Matthews, at the DC Matthews, and this is the Corona Cup Season 2, Episode 5? I think it's 5. Yes, it is. It is 5. We finished uh, pages 7 and 8 on our last episode, pages 9 and 10. On today's episode, which means this is, in fact, episode 5, I hope you are doing wonderfully well out there, Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, well of all ages, this is a family show. Perhaps the only show on the DDT Wrestling Network that is family friendly, and since there are only two, and the other one definitely is not family friendly, I can feel confident in saying that. Uh, our last episode, I I meandered a bit. I rambled a bit, especially at the beginning. Um, I don't want to do that. I can still hear the harsh criticisms of one Doc Manson. Um, so while I don't want to just be naming names, uh, I do want to get started, especially since our first matchup here on page nine is such a hoot we've got uh, Demolition, the number one ranked team on this page, taking on the number 16 team, the Shining Stars. Perhaps it is because uh, the day before I recorded this, there was some trouble that night of very Royal Rumble. That's right. And Carlito came back to the WWE, stepped into the ring and had an understanding. And while he wasn't the last one standing, and he didn't spit an apple because of COVID, uh, He looked excellent, and I can't imagine he's returning, returning. I think that was probably just a one-time thing, but I would have no problem with Carlito Caribbean Cool uh, having <clears throat> however long a run in the WWE that he wants. Uh, his his video afterwards, talking with backstage interviewer number five, um, was very good. He seemed humble. He seemed good. Genuinely grateful to be back. Uh, So I'm all in on a Carlito return. Uh, He looked as big as Lashley. So uh, having said that, we're not here to talk about Carlito. We're here to talk about his brother and his cousin, the Shining Stars. Not Los Matadores. um, Not Primo and Epico, just Primo and Epico. This is where they were um, Puerto Rican uh, vacation Salesmen, timeshare people. It was kind of a ridiculous gimmick. That could have been something at least more wrestle silly, but I felt like it was over very quickly. Um, as soon as it began, it was over. And Demolition, obviously a fantastic team. So Demolition's clearly going to get the win here over the Shining Stars. Shining Stars down into the constellations. I was conversing with myself, as I am wont to do, and I'm realizing I have these, you know, if I'm looking here at the consolation page, a.k.a. the back of page 8, and I have the first four matchups, I did not factor in, or at least I haven't considered it deeply. Maybe I even mentioned it on a previous episode, but I haven't really considered the fact that technically the losers of round... Two should be dropped down into the Constellations. Unless I'm just going to cut it off. If you lose in round one, you are in the bottom half of this bracket no matter what. So teams like the Shining Stars or the Acolytes or the Miz and Shane McMahon, we had a little Miz on Miz action in our last episode. Do they get a chance to try and make their way higher? Or is it just it? Uh, They probably should be able to make their way higher. So what I should do, again, this is in 20 some odd episodes, is they have their first match of round one, and then they have to wrestle the losers of round two. That would probably be how this works. This is the problem where I put it all in a notebook, much easier to organize, much easier to deal with. But I don't have the brackets already laid out showing me what to do next. So that is sort of the problem with this. And once again, we're six minutes in and I've done one match. I also didn't grab any water, which could be a problem. Though I could pause, but I don't want to. What I want to do is I want to get into the randomized matches here. I've got 13 names. The first ones, haven't seen these before. We have... Oh, Chris Candido and Lance Storm. I enjoy that I have watched so much of the ECW, the WCW, and now the WWF that I am conversant in many of these teams that I would not have been had I done this tournament a year ago. We're coming up on a year now since the first episode of the Corona Cup. You know, we're into February now. It's February 1st, Rabbit Rabbit. And... It was mid-March, or mid to late March, when I started this journey. So we're coming up on a year, and I watched a lot of wrestling in that year, and I was able to watch and appreciate the team of Chris Candido and Lance Storm, who did not like each other, uh, but were a fantastic team. I love both of these talents immensely. They're going to be hampered. I don't know who their opponent is yet. They're going to be hampered by the fact that it was a quick run. A couple months, and that was done. So Candido and Storm are taking on... Dolph Ziggler and Jack Swagger. Well, that is uh, a team that apparently was a thing. No earthly recollection of it. But just the match alone, just imagining those four talents in the ring, you have Candido's fantastic athleticism and wrestle silly. You've got Lance Storm's incredible technical ability. You've got Ziggler's ability to sell and be fantastic. And then you have Jack Swagger, who has amateur wrestling abilities. Same with uh, Ziggler, and um, also a mouth that's just far, far too big. Uh, yeah, I have no earthly reco- I have no earthly recollection is the word I was trying to use of Ziggler and Swagger. No idea what they did. Uh, so the wind would have gone to Candido and Storm, anyways. Uh, But I feel pretty good, actually, for the Shining Stars. Because unless I do some research and actually try to look up um, what Ziggler and Swagger did as a team, I'm probably going to give that win to the Shining Stars. So if you are a bona fide fanboy or girl... For the team of Ziggler and Swagger, I encourage you to let me know at the DC Matthews or DC Matthews NAI at gmail.com. You can even do podcasts at DDT Wrestling.com, annoy Doc Manson, send a uh, buy the book email to the other podcast mailing address. Uh, and you can make your case for Ziggler and Swagger, but I got nothing. I got nothing. Next up, serotonin. Uh, the team of Kaz and Havoc. Well, I know who Kaz is. That's Frankie Kazarian. I don't exactly know who Havoc is. And I'm curious enough to look it up because they have a name. Oh, Ra- oh this is very early TNA. This is, This is Ravens Involved. Oh, man, this is very early Kazarian. I did not expect that. I expected this to be kind of later on. I think I hear Havoc and I think Relic, and then I'm thinking, you know, the, like the early suicide characters. Um, yeah, 06, which I suppose isn't super early. Uh, who is Havoc? John Parson. Oh, Johnny Devine. Okay, I know who that is. Still don't know the team at all, but I at least can... Picture both wrestlers. I know Johnny Devine. Better known from Team Canada, in my opinion. All right, so Kaz and Havoc taking on Naito and Sonata. You know, there are probably people who think that this L.I.J.? Yeah, L.I.J. team um, should be maybe even a number one or number two seed. Uh, clearly, they're going to get the win, because at least I know who they are, Um that's a word you don't spell a lot so I wasn't exactly sure how to spell it but I think I got it Um, yeah Naito and Sonata both great if you've listened you know how I feel about Sonata why he is not a champion is unheard of to me Uh, Naito is also very good I just don't care particularly about I don't have a reason to care about him my own fault not well enough versed in New Japan but Sonata I'm a Sonata guy Um, That would be a great match, I think. Um, But yeah, Naito and Sonata get the win. Next up. Oh, okay. We've got Luger and Sting. This is not Wolfpack. I think we did that uh, earlier. This is early 90s Luger and Sting. So this is Steiner Brothers. This is uh, great Muda era. You know, kind of, yeah, this is maybe even late 80s, early 90s. Great team, Sting. This is Surfer Sting. Many of you think to be the better Sting. I say you're wrong, but that's just me. Wasn't watching at the time. Uh, I'm not a Luger guy, but a lot of people are. Who are they facing? They are facing... Oh! Oh, I'm sorry, Luger and Sting. You got a bad, uh, bad draw here. Because you are taking on the team of Big Van Vader and Crusher Bam Bam Bigelow. Whew. Talk about Hoss teams. Bam Bam Bigelow Invader. You want to talk about it? I should be firing up. I said this on the last episode that there was a team. Who was it? That I should be looking up from flipping back to see New Japan. Oh, the Jurassic Powers. Another Hoss team. I got to find Bam Bam Bigelow's matches in New Japan. At some point, I need to do a New Japan deep dive, not to go chronologically, but to just look for some of the wrestlers. I know Regal's on there a couple of times. Malenko's probably on there a bunch. Uh, yeah, sorry, Luger and Sting, but you ain't beaten uh, Bam Bam Invader right now. We're only halfway through the bracket. If I had to guess who is going to win this page, I would say it is Bam Bam Invader. Uh, but again, that's just me. Um, but yeah, Bam Bam and Vader are going to win. They'll take on Naito and Sonata, which would be, again, fun match. that made me happy. Glad to see those two. Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart. I, I have a soft spot for this team. I have no love for Jeff Jarrett. At all. At all. Once I learned he did not sing with my baby tonight, he was dead to me. Um, but... It's the fact that he was aligned with Owen when Owen passed. And seeing Jeff so obviously actually moved by the loss of his friend and partner, you know, I, I appreciated that. Um, again, not wild about the team as much as I love Owen, who won the singles tournament. Is this Owen's first time? Again, I don't want to spend... No, Owen and Yoko. Have to see the Yoko doc, by the way. Uh, so Jarrett and Owen taking on... Rapongi Vice, which is uh, Rocky, Romero, and Trent, I believe. Rapungi Rapongi Vice. Roppongi. Um, You want to talk about how, see, so what, again, if this was being booked, actually booked, I would be looking at all of the teams, not making them, and then make the matchups based on knowing the teams. I like the randomness of it. But I would have put these two teams, Jarrett and Owen and Rapongi Vice, one of them against Luger and Sting, probably Jarrett and Owen, because that would be a great match. And then you have Bam Bam and Vader squash Rapongi Vice, and then both of them make it to the next round. So that's that's how you do this if you're actually booking. But because. I did get a beverage. Because. That's not how I'm choosing to do this. Because I want the randomness of it all, for better or worse, uh, we won't have it. So Jarrett and Owen will get the win. As much as I love Rocky Romero's forever clotheslines, I can't say I I have a lot of appreciation for that team. So Jarrett and Owen will advance. Next up, Apollo and Sonny Siaki. Again, early TNA. Uh, Sonny Siaki, clearly TNA knew they had someone who looked like The Rock, who could kind of act like The Rock. And I don't think they were trying to make another Rock, because clearly I, I don't think even they believed that they could. But that was where they were going. And then you have Apollo, who I actually really liked. I thought Apollo was very good. I don't remember a lot about this team. But I'm, I'm familiar with the era and probably why they would be aligned. Taking on the Bad Street Boys, this would be Christian York and Joey Matthews. I have not gotten to the Christian York and Joey Matthews era of ECW yet. That's, I think, if I remember correctly, the very, very end of ECW. Joey Matthews, I believe, is also Joey Mercury. York and Matthews, I remember reading about them in Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Seemed like a very good team. Seemed like a team that we'd be seeing some of, almost kind of like the Hardy Boys, if I remember correctly. Didn't happen. Um, So, again, you know, Jarrett and Owen are going to make it to the third round of this page, just because of the brackets. So, maybe a case is being made here on this page that um, I should do some actual booking, but... We're too far gone now. We're season in in five episodes. I can't change things up now. Uh, So Apollo and Siaki will win. They'll take on Jarrett Noen. The Bad Street Boys will take on Rapongi Vice, which would be a great junior heavyweight sort of match. Private Party. Uh, I have watched maybe one match of Private Party. To me, I... I'm not familiar with the time frame, how it works. To me, Private Party is like, hey, let's be kind of like the Street Profits. But instead of having cups and talking about smoke, we'll have a velvet rope. Maybe Private Party was a team before the Street Profits. I don't know. But that's what it seems to me coming from watching the WWE mostly when you get into AEW and you're being introduced to all of these teams. And this is actually a problem that I think AEW has had to overcome in in their early days. You take all of these wrestling fans who were watching WWE because it's the only game in town, by and large. Yes, you have your New Japan niche. You had your fans who are Lucha Underground. Um, but by and large, most people are conversant in the WWE system. And so you have AEW which has a number of people in it who are former WWE talents. So you're going to make that connection, Miro. Then you have talents who are probably very good. I don't know either of the names of Private Party, but they seem like they're good wrestlers. But because they are at least somewhat reminiscent of the Street Profits, in my head this is a, a junior varsity version of the street profits. From the jump, before they even have a match, that's the first thing that comes into my head is this uh, watching their entrance. You go, okay, their they're street profits light. So you look at your talent and you go, okay, well, who are we going to um, promote and market? You can't necessarily put some stock serious amounts of stock booking wise into the Diet Coke Street Profits. You have the Lucha brothers. They do not they, you know, want they're masked, but they are not Lucha House Party. They are not the Lucha Dragons. They are clearly something else. You put your money in them. You get your Orange Cassidy. On Dean Ambrose's most Mitchell, plant-infused craziness, he was not Orange Cassidy. Your Darby Allens, your Luchasauruses, these are your unique talents that there are no comparisons. There's nobody in WWE that you're going to say, oh, Orange Cassidy is kind of like that, or Darby Allen is kind of like that. And to AEW's credit, it seems like they have put their stock in those types. Yes, Cody Rhodes is a big name. Obviously, you need to promote Cody Rhodes. Uh, Kenny Omega, whether or not he has a comparable, or Hangman Page, whether or not he has a comparable, the talent is there, and they were a big enough name. But AEW did something with Orange Cassidy. He's new and different. If you want to watch an Orange Cassidy match, there's only one place to go. You want to watch Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy? There's only one place to go. Minor rambling tangent to say I personally I have no interest in private party. So the fact that they are taking on uh, Daniel Bryan and Rowan means that, without question, Bryan and Rowan get the win. Um. Kudos to AEW. If I haven't said it already on a different show, kudos to AEW. Um, that Brody Lee tribute show, complete with Eric Rowan. Uh, <laughs> even though, um, you know, he was Eric Redbeard, I think. But somebody, one of the announcers, kept saying Eric Rowan and he kept being corrected immediately, I think, by Jim Ross. Um, and he just kept saying it. I'm like, was that on purpose? Are you trying to get people to realize? Because again, Maybe some of these people watching AEW were wrestling fan, were WWE fans five six years ago, and they would go, "Oh yeah, that is there growing." Um, or maybe it was just an accident. But either way, Brian and Rowan get the win, and the final team who will be taking on the APA, the Acolytes, were on our last show. We're on page eight. This is APA. I understand there's a difference there, and it really bothers me. APA is taking on. J and J Security, Joey Matthews, double booked on this page, and as much as I love J and J Security, that's a perfect match. That actually is that would be something I would book anyways, because Seth Rollins and J and J Security, they come out they're talking about how they're the best, they're the you know they're the best security, they're the best protection that money can buy, and then you hear da 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 and Brad and Farouk come out and just mop the floor with poor Jamie Noble and poor Joey Mercury. Uh, yeah, the APA wins. APA versus Brian and Rowan is a match I would like to see. Private Party versus J&J Security in the constellations. Probably a fun match. There's, there's a story to be told there as well. So as we hit our halfway point again, 23 minutes in because i like to ramble uh demolition versus chris candido and lance storm fun match naito and sonata versus bam bam and vader fun match Jarrett and owen versus apollo and sunny siaki fine uh just looking at those four names makes me wonder this is a weird thing to talk about but had owen not died had owen lived Would he have stayed in WWF for the duration, or would he have eventually moved on? You know, he he didn't leave with everybody else. He had a family. He had a young kid and a wife. He wanted to ensure that—maybe he had two kids. He wanted to ensure that they were safe. So this is the story, as I remember it, is that Owen didn't leave because he was under contract, and he had a family to support, and he made the best decision for his family, which was staying with a company that that may or may not, to some level— have screwed his brother. But I have to imagine at some point he would have left. Maybe not to WCW, because WCW by 2000, I'm watching July of 2000, they're in the tank. Owen's not going to go. Maybe Jarrett can convince him to go to TNA. Maybe. Maybe Owen shows up in TNA. That would have been fun. This is a match you could have seen in an alternate universe in TNA in 2003. Um, And then you've got Brian and Rowan versus the APA again also fun we're halfway home friends uh, these episodes are becoming m- longer and longer the more i just ramble on and ramble on but i'm having a good time and i hope you are too and if you're not there's absolutely nothing i can do about it uh, great matchup to open page 10 los guerreros the number one seed taking on the conquistadors which version of the conquistadors i don't care i doubt not the Edge and christian version probably Probably the early '80s version of Conquistador Uno and Conquistador Dos, and while it probably would have been a great lucha's map, oops, I spelled Guerrero's wrong. Uh, Los Guerreros getting the win, Conquistadors in the consolations. Uh, who will Los Guerreros face? Let's find out. Our first team up is the Pitbulls. I didn't know much about the Pitbulls before watching a whole bunch of ECW over the last year or two, they're good, both very talented wrestlers. Um, They needed a manager. Uh, They both had injury issues. One of them, Gary Wolf, has a neck brace on for a good portion of one of the years. Um, They needed a mouthpiece. That's a team that you give them um, Dangerously, or you give them the Sinister Minister or you give them Heenan or insert manager here, Jimmy Hart, they would have been great because you have somebody to speak for them. The wrestling takes care of itself, kind of like the Hunt. The Hunt needed Eddie Dennis. Um, the Pitbulls needed somebody. Didn't quite have it. Pitbulls are taking on. Oh, 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 man. Ben Juan Malenko. This is a match that we may have seen in ECW at some point because they were in ECW at the same time. Um, I've said it recently on Twitter. I've never had a problem with Chris Benoit matches. Flying headbutt bothers me a little bit, but I've never had a problem watching Chris Benoit matches. Uh, the promos that are being cut about Benoit, because Benoit doesn't do a whole lot of talking, not very good at it. But there's a promo with Foley talking about Malenko attack or Benoit, excuse me, Benoit attacking China, and how Benoit has no compassion. That sort of turned my stomach. I'm probably avoiding. Benoit promos from now on, because those are a bit much, but the matches are still great. Dean Malenko currently is a a ladies' man. He's going to head into, like, a James Bond-style character that Cesaro should be uh, occupying right now. Uh, Yeah, Benoit and Malenko have to win, if only so that I get this second-round matchup of Los Guerreros, Eddie and Chavo, versus Benoit and Malenko, which could be a quarterfinal match all, you know, final eight of this entire tournament uh, in terms of the quality of that match. Right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Next up, the Rougeau brothers. I know the Rougeau brothers, the fabulous Rougeau brothers of Jacques and Raymond, but I want to tag in somebody. I've been talking for a while, so I'm making the... It's the hot tag. Yeah! The Rougeau brothers, or the Fabulous Rougeaus, was a fabulous team of two real life brothers. Jacques and Ray obviously had tremendous chemistry, which is just one of many reasons to enjoy this talented 1980s tag team. The brothers had the in ring technical ability, charisma, Hill tactics, and just a touch of Russell Silly to stand out as one of the most entertaining and enjoyable tag teams of all time. Thank you, Brandon Banks, as always, for the hot tag. One of these days I'm going to get the volume control stabilized. My apologies if you're turning it up and turning it down. We'll figure it out, or maybe we won't. You know, whatevs. Uh, But the Rougeau brothers, I enjoyed them as a team. They are taking on the perfect event. Chuck Palumbo and Sean Stasiak. In the... in the What would eventually become... The, the New Blood? I don't remember what their name was. The group with Mike Sanders. Um, Palumbo and Stasiak were always the weakest of the group. You know, Jindrak and O'Hare was where the talent lay. Palumbo's good. Better teams. Stasiak... He was better as meat, let's be honest. Uh, even without the hot tag, I think the Rougeos get the win here. No question. So the perfect event into the consolations. Next up, the Vianos. Viano 4 and Viano 5. Mass luchadores, staples of WCW in the mid to late 90s, taking on the Head Shrinkers. That would be a fun match. Uh, the Head Shrinkers, I'm going with the Samu and Fatu version. You want to add Sioni in there just for fun and add Viano 3 in there, make it a six-man tag, go for it. Uh, I'm happy to let the Head Shrinkers win. Taking on the Brujo brothers, that would be a fun matchup to watch. Perfect event. Maybe can beat the Vianos. Maybe. Maybe. Vianos are pretty good. Not going to lie. Ah, ooh. This was never... This These two were part of a group. They tagged every so often, but these were part of a stable. These were two horsemen. They were best friends. Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, again. Just on star power, perhaps should be a number one or number two seed, but the tag team of the two of them was never really where they were at. They are taking on... oh. The Undisputed Era of Fish and O'Reilly. Not to be confused with Red Dragon. This is Fish and O'Reilly as the Undisputed Era. Is there a big difference? Probably not. Did I feel like distinguishing? Yes. Did I have to come up with 512 teams? Yes. But if you could take Flair and Anderson late... Again, you're you're doing the Horseman versus the Undisputed Era. So Flair and Anderson or, again... Could it be the Brain Busters? We'll get to them in time versus Fish and O'Reilly. Would that be just mwah, Ric Flair versus Adam Cole, mwah, Roderick Strong versus insert your favorite fourth, Horseman, Luger, Wyndham, Wyndham, Wyndham and Strong. Oh, man. Adam, Ric Flair versus Adam Cole, uh, Barry Wyndham versus Roderick Strong, and then Fish and O'Reilly versus Arn and Tully. oh, 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 oh man. That would be something to see. So, But again, Flair and Anderson versus Fish and O'Reilly. I probably need to go with the Undisputed Era solely because they are more of a tag team than Flair and Anderson were. Um, If we're getting the stable involved, then it's an entirely other thing. But in a pure tag team match, I'm going to give the win to the Undisputed Era. Having said that, they wrestle 10 times. It's going to be 5-5. So flip a coin for your winner. I'm going with the Undisputed Era. That's just me. Uh, another team from New Japan. This is Bullet Club. We've got uh, Takahashi, the Tokyo guy. I don't like saying that name. And Bad Luck Fale. I, I appreciate Bad Luck Fale. I'm not wild about the Tokyo pimp. <sighs> such, a silly, such a silly thing. Um, they are taking on Three live crew. There were a lot of teams with a three. Three-minute warning, three-man band, three-count, three live crew. I'm probably think missing other ones. But uh, this is Ron the Truth Killings and BG James, not to be confused with the Road Dogg. So essentially Road Dog and Kate Quick in TNA. I don't – you know, they were a team. They certainly were a team. I think I got to go with. I did not expect this to be the case, but I think I got to go with the Bullet Club on this one. Uh, I think I'm going with Fale and Takahashi over uh, Truth and James, the three live crew. So they'll be taking on Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. But, yeah, Fale and Takahashi I will set up next up. High Voltage. Oh, man. Before you had—I'm sorry that I'm talking about Jindrak and O'Hare a lot, but they are so good. Before them, the, the last team that was like that in WCW may have been high-voltage. Uh, Robbie Rage and Kenny Chaos, both from the power plant, both bigger guys, not tall. Jindrak and O'Hare had the height. These guys were—they looked like mini Steiner brothers in terms of their bulk. Um, Kenny Chaos, in my opinion, was the talent of the team. Robbie Rage was just the other guy. Uh, they were good, but nowhere near great. They are taking on... Is that Chuck Palumbo again? Chuck Palumbo, uh, second appearance here in this page. It's Billy and Chuck, the best version of Chuck Palumbo. Not the best version of Billy Gunn, of course, but the best version of Chuck Palumbo. And yes, of course, Billy and Chuck have to be at high voltage. That's just, that's just not a question at all, I am looking forward, I think, to the high-voltage, er- or no, the billion and Chuck era of WWE. Uh, the Nasty Boys in the number two seed, they are waiting for an opponent, and that opponent will be Power and Glory. Oh, not. Actually, yeah. You know what? We're going to get another upset. Uh, I don't think we have had a number 16 team defeat a number one team. And I think that makes sense in doing that. We actually picked those. Uh, but we have had multiple 15 teams beat the number two t- seed from Furnace and Lafon to... Uh, hopefully there's other ones. Hold on. up oh, the Briscoe brothers, uh, Jack and Jerry. So that might be it. All right, well, that was it. But this is the third one in 10 pages, so pretty good. Uh, I'm giving the wind to power and glory here, and only because... Of the Powerplex, one of the greatest tag team finishers of all time. Uh, Paul Roma and Hercules, you got your size, you've got your more speed, even though Paul Roma was a big guy on his own. But again, love that team. The Nasty Boys never really did it for me. Um, when your signature move is Pity City, as much as I like their their kind of brawls with Harlem Heat and things, that was WCW. I didn't come into that until later. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not a nasty boys guy. But Power and Glory, I liked them. I thought they were a good team. And they had a mouthpiece, which they needed. So let me run you through the page, two, the round two matches here on page 10. Uh, before we wrap up this episode, Los Guerreros versus Ben Juan Malenko. That's worth the price of admission right there. I don't care who you are. Uh, the Rougeau brothers versus the Head Shrinkers. Great. Undisputed Era versus Bad Luck Fale and Takahashi. You can tie in the whole Adam Cole part of Bullet Club thing there. That works. And then Billy and Chuck versus Power and Glory, which is, again, I think a really excellent matchup between those two teams. I'm loving what's happening here. You know, could we have done some different booking on page nine? Was Were the random deities not as good to me as they could have been? Perhaps. Uh, Did we still have a fabulous time? I did, and I hope you did too. My name is DC Matthews at The DC Matthews. Please let me know what you're thinking of these episodes. Let me know you're out there. Let me know you're listening. I I need, I don't even, I'm not going to be like Doc Manson and demand praise. I need acknowledgement of my existence. That's all I'm asking for. My name is DC Matthews at The DC Matthews. Uh, This chapter is closed. We'll see you the next time we go by the book.